was a way to give show respect to the audience and respect your own business. It was a way to protect it. Ladies and gentlemen, heels and faces, casual wrestling fans, and all you smart marks, I am Mr. Richard Moon. And I'm Kayfabe AJ. And this is Kayfabe Avenue. And today, brother, we are, we're riding out on the last ride, man, on the last leg of The Undertaker's last ride. Yep, uh, this is episode, we're covering episode four and five mm-hmm. of The Last Ride, five being the season finale, and a lot of mixed, mixed bag of emotions with uh, the... The show finally finishing up, yeah. This week, I mean, I think episode four, we, I think everybody, the whole wrestling world was kind of just frustrated with Taker. Like, dude, like, what do you like? Are you going to quit? Are you going to keep going? I mean, that was that was my thing. Like the entire fourth episode, I was like waiting. I, this was the episode I was waiting for because this was the one that personally for me, like. I was first time in my entire time watching Undertaker's career, whole entire time me watching wrestling. Period. I was actually scared for for one of my favorites out there, Taker getting slammed on the neck, Goldberg catching a concussion early on, like a lot of factors in this. And then it's with two people who, you know, although the fans respect Undertaker, they've really been on this like push for him to retire. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and you know, this this was like the first match that was like, okay, bro. I, I think it's about time you call it. I felt that way with the tag team back. Should be honest with you, with the with the DX versus Brother Destruction. But we're gonna uh, we're gonna tap into all that. I really like the way Episode Four starts off because it starts off with the old school promos. You see Undertaker. You see back. You see old school footage of Undertaker. You know the, the original Undertaker gimmick. And he's like in his graveyard. You see Bruce Pritchard talking about it, Paul Bear, rest in peace, and, and Bray Wyatt. And I like this because, you know, as th- we're just starting to see The Undertaker talk as Mark Calloway, but like they were showing footage of like The Undertaker back then just talking in his regular voice. And, you know, stuff like that is, is priceless. The, the biggest thing to me was like a lot of the behind the scenes, his interactions yep. with, with people. Like you would have never thought he'd be in certain circles or, you know, just giving certain people the time of day. Like, they showed Undertaker, you know, giving advice to the young talent. They showed him in NXT. They showed him, you know, kind of playing the support role. Last Mania, you know, the first WrestleMania without Undertaker on the card or even appearing. So, you know, it was a different, definitely a different dynamic. Yeah, it definitely was. Let's take it to this uh, this Saudi match with the Brothers of Destruction versus DX. I mean, listen, in their prime, in their prime, these four guys would tear the house down any day of the week, twice on Sundays, put them on the main event of any car. Um, at this point, we have at this point, Undertaker's around once a year, Triple H is around once a year, Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement, and Kane is the mayor of Knoxville County. I love all four of them, but they had no business being in this damn ring. They had no Yeah, I mean, HBK, it, it's, in HBK's case, it's such a forgettable match, such a horrible <sighs> match, that if he never comes back, he still can maintain his perfect retirement. Dude, at this point, the only person that has maintained their retirement and has not come back is Stone Cold Stone Cold Steve Austin, yep. At this point, he's gonna he's gonna hold that. Nobody nobody else is nobody else is coming back. Yeah, I'm, um, I mean, he had Stone Cold. If you if you want to really be straight up about it, Undertaker and HBK technically had the Stone Cold retirement angle as far as HBK goes. Stone Cold had this rivalry with The Rock. It went it bled through two three matches, all at Mania. Same thing with uh, Shawn Michaels versus Taker. Their matches were probably the best matches of WrestleMania history. And, you know, their rivalry bled through manias with, uh, you know, Stone Cold got 
you know, took the loss in the end, just like Shawn Michaels did, and then they both retired. You know, Rock getting the one up, but in Undertaker's case, it was Undertaker always coming out on top when it came to Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Now, this episode was really all about chasing the dragon, and this is the the wording that Triple H uses the most, basically yeah. meaning chasing the dragon is like chasing that spotlight, chasing that adrenaline rush. You know, we hear about this year in, year out yeah, as, as legends come and go. The, the constant thing with every legend when they say anything about this business is that the the electricity, the fans is intoxicating. It's like a drug. And that's basically what they're chasing, that feeling, that adrenaline rush. So Taker's else, pretty much chasing the dragon at this point. Yeah, nothing else can give you that satisfaction. I mean, as being a performer myself, not on hardly the stage that they've been on, but no, nothing, nothing gives you that feeling. No <laughs> orgasm, no drug, no high, no roller coaster. Nothing on the planet gives you the excitement as people cheering for you and, and, and just giving you your flowers for something that you've just done. There's, there's nothing, nothing that can ever compare to that. What I also found really interesting about this episode is, you know, this is going through, through the whole star cast thing, you know, like uh, Taker was going to do the, the special guest appearance for star cast. And he didn't really to Taker's offense. AEW hasn't had, didn't have like a show at that point. And you know, I don't take I Taker. I don't think AEW was really on Taker's radar. He wasn't thinking about, you know, another show, another. Well, did they company. mention he was just that to, convention? Because I don't think they mentioned it in the show. No, I mean they didn't mention. I mean they didn't mention AEW, but Starcast, you know, was connected directly with with AEW. But you know, in Taker's defense, he wasn't thinking about AEW. He wasn't thinking about joining some other company. He was just doing a, an interview. They're about yeah. to pay him. To, Give him the yicking. I mean, at, at this <laughs> point, that's kind of the direction that Taker has to go is accepting these outside bookings for interviews and, you know, wrestling conventions. I don't see him really fulfilling a grand purpose on screen. I think, if anything, Taker should transition to NXT training. Yeah. Yeah, I could... I, I, I could... I I could see that I I I I could see that I could see that, but I thought that was just interesting because you know Vince and Taker fell out from from all of this, you know, and and and, and we got to really see how close Taker and and Vince were. So for them to fall out, this was a this was a big deal. But it also led to Taker coming back, signing a fifteen year contract back with the WWE. So uh, you know, I mean, Vince is, Vince is insecure at the end of the day. He knows yeah. he he has to know that he's out of touch on a lot of things and he's losing in a lot of avenues where it wasn't even a competition before. So signing yeah. Undertaker to a 5, 10, 15 year contract is a no brainer. And also it's a no brainer for Undertaker. I mean, why would you leave to anywhere now at this point in your life, at this stage of your career? You've done it all on the grandest stage you know, the biggest wrestling promotion, there's no reason for him to join any other company or do anything else for any other company. I don't think he was, I don't think Taker was ever going to join. He even said this. I don't think Taker was ever going to, that was never even a thought for him to join. I think he was just genuinely just going to do a fan convention. I think he was excited about talking about his character outside of The Undertaker. Like, he was excited to just speak about Undertaker, well, these like, two episodes you know, kind of emphasize heavily on the fact that Taker hasn't given us Mark Calloway in 30-plus years mm -hmm. of his career. So we're at that point where it's like, now we're going to see who Mark is. Now we yeah. get to see the personality, which honestly just feels like American Badass, maybe turned down a bit. <laughs> but I see a lot of similarities okay. between the uh, uh, American Badass personality and Mark Calloway. Oh, yeah, we're definitely going to touch on that as we start to, to wind down the episode. I mean, you know, Taker versus Goldberg and Saudi, you know, Taker is literally two inches away from being a paraplegic or being dead. Like, that match could have Listen, a lot more sideways. Watching that shit live, Ugh, it, honestly, Gosh. I instantly Taker. Like, Undertaker is yeah. probably the shining example of what 
a humble veteran in this business looks like. Yeah. Because through this entire thing, you can 100% say it's, it's Goldberg's fault. And not, not at one point did the Undertaker do that. He's very big into protecting the business, protecting his, his peers. And that's one thing he did He for, for Goldberg. Going forward, people could probably have a better view on the Goldberg situation because of Undertaker's response. You know, like, I don't blame Goldberg. You know, we both weren't there mentally, me not being there, going through things, you know, Undertaker going through family issues and stuff. And then this guy knocks himself unconscious in the beginning of the match. Yeah, I was going to piggyback on I was like, you know, all respect to Goldberg, all respect to Taker. As, as a booking, I mean, yes, does it sound great for Taker on the Taker to do a match? Yeah, it sounded great in like 2001. I mean, I mean, it's just the reality of it. 2000, yeah. what was this match happened? 2019. Like, why do we need to see Taker versus Goldberg in 2019? Do you know? I mean, now, granted, this was before the WCU was a thing, but it's just, I think those guys could have killed it in the WCU, but. I, I mean, it's just, it's a fact. And for those I mean, wondering what the WCU is, that is kayfabe, Av trademarked the I, wrestling cinematic universe. So I think those guys could have killed it in the WCU, but I think a, a match, I think the people who were putting that match together should have known even before. Like, come on. Like, I, I don't This match, this match should have not went long at all. They shouldn't have had intentions of it being a, a drag out brawl, nothing to that effect. And I don't, I don't even think they should have allowed Goldberg to even get to the point where he would try to lift Taker for the jackhammer. I mean, Taker is a very giving individual, and these episodes, this documentary as a whole, you know, highlight that a lot. And he's he wants to make the other person look just as good as him, but sometimes yeah. you have to take a backseat for what looks good and take take the reality in of this is what we can actually pull off. Now, how do we make that work? Yeah, Goldberg think, can barely lift any of the guys his size, let alone yeah. a damn near seven foot, 200 plus pound person. You're not in your prime no more. If you're not lifting Rey Mysterio like that or someone light, light heavyweight of that caliber, come on, don't even try the jackhammer. It's ridiculous. You know, it, it, two legends in less than 10 minutes almost destroyed 25 years of their career. Not I even mean, on a legacy. That's one, of the, mean, like, that's one of the fears that I'm going to take a hat. But as a fan, there's really nothing Taker could do to tarnish his legacy in my mind. God on his Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I, mean I, don't, I don't mean like what I meant. Like, I mean, just like, I meant like physically their bodies. Like, I wasn't. Yeah, like, yeah. Their legacies are their, their legacies are intact. I mean, like literally. I mean, in my in my mind, honestly, Undertaker retired at WrestleMania 30 when when Brock Lesnar lost. I mean, when Brock Lesnar beat him. I'm sorry. That's, that's a, yeah. That's over. In my perfect yeah. mind, in, in my my mind, that perfect scenario would be he retired at WrestleMania 30. But then again, would we yeah. have the access to Undertaker had he done that? You know, we, we have this documentary, honestly, is probably one of the best done, the best shot, the best um, behind the scenes unveiling of someone in the business. I, I think they need to do more of these, uh, you know, last ride, um, last dance style. Yeah, I mean, yeah, documentary. That's they got the. They got the inspiration. I'm pretty sure they got the inspiration from the last dance. But actually, when you go back to episode one, they've been planning this for a while. So yeah, this was not this was completely... since 2017 all the way to 2020. Yeah, so this isn't necessarily fair to say that this is like a just a direct copy of the last. I dance, mean, I'm pretty sure they were different. gathering the footage, but then you know got the inspiration real quick to to kind of style it in that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, after after the match with Goldberg, um, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna say he was done. No, no, no. Excuse me, because he, he came back and had his redemption match, which I thought was a really good match. The Graveyard Dogs, him tagging with Roman Reigns, 
and Undertaker looked great in that. I match remember we, we watched this pay per view together, and, and that was pretty much the first thing we said was this was a good comeback from that horrible Goldberg situation. Yeah, he needed that for his confidence. He needed that just for every. He needed. And, that. and this is the thing, Undertaker showed that. Yeah, he had that kind of mess up. I'm gonna go out and say it. It was Goldberg's fault. Undertaker physically was there. Undertaker preparedness wise was there. The Roman Reigns tag tag team match showed that Undertaker can still do his thing in a in a great capacity. You just have to lower the amount of time you're out there and give him somebody he can actually work with. You yeah, know, I don't think I don't think I don't think Goldberg was the right choice for him to go with. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think Goldberg was, was was the right choice. But you know what? Th- this episode episode four ends in a very ironic way, and it's a lot of foreshadowing because the episode ends with the Undertaker talking to AJ Styles. Yeah, I mean, well, that was dope. Well, that was dope. You know, I thought it was dope. Like, even in episode three, you can see him. I think he mentions, like, I think even as far back as episode two, he mentioned AJ Styles. Like, AJ Styles always been kind of lingering in the background a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I think he even mentioned, like, episode two, like, that kid reminds me. If there's anybody I could have went with. Yeah, yeah. The the thing is, he he reminds him of Sean so much. And Sean Michaels is a huge part of Undertaker's legacy. And I think looking back when we say, who was Taker's, like, Austin versus Rock? It's got to be HBK. First ever Hell in a Cell was HBK versus Taker. History. That match is still looked at as an example of what a cage match should be. You know, WrestleMania, their two matches against each other are on the pedestal of what it should be, what it should look like. So, what a Mania match should be. So, I think it was a a good illusion using AJ Styles because half of this documentary has been HBK's involvement in Taker's Legacy. And what better way than to start heading out with a young guy who's resembles the HBK. You could give him that that, you know, last brush. I mean, AJ Styles is a veteran in, in in his own right and he doesn't really necessarily need the rub. But if there's anybody perfect to protect Undertaker and to maybe drag out that last great match out of him, I don't think there was any other person to go that route than AJ Styles. Yeah. Uh yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, him Remind him of Sean, him kind of being a modern day HBK. Yep. You know, everything everything kind of aligned, man. So now we're, we're riding along. We're here. So we this is this was the thing. Five. This was the thing about the, the tag team match. Coming mm-hmm. coming off of the match with Goldberg, Go uh Undertaker had already signed a three match deal. So he was even he was already locked in, regardless if he wanted to continue his career or not. So after this tag team match, he, he kind of said, this is it. I can yeah, go out exactly. and feel like I'm, I'm accomplished. The Roman match went greater than, you know, expected. I did my thing. You know, the crowd was there. They were reacting to me and he was done. He went to the back and he told, he told Vince, I think I'm done. I think he yeah. told a couple guys in the back, I think this is it. You know, and a lot of people say, you can say what you want about Vince, but Vince was, I mean, you know, for certain guys, he just said, Mark, I'm going to follow your lead, you know. I think if I think if Undertaker did not want to do another match, I think if that was truly what Undertaker felt, then that graveyard, the graveyard dogs would have been his final match if that's what he really wanted. I mean, I'm glad it wasn't. I'm glad it wasn't because, you know, speaking of that, we, we lead right into episode five, The Last Ride. Yep. And like we're saying, you know. This one he, he, pretty much, you know, kind of was just capping off the whole series as a whole. And it was still dealing with, you know, the mindset coming out the Goldberg, coming out of the Roman Reigns tag team match. And this one early on in the episode was majorly focused on Undertaker, the family man. Uh, you know, Undertaker, the husband, the father, mm-hmm. you know, he he finally realized 
you know, that Goldberg match scared me enough that I have to stop. I have to look at what's around me and understand that anybody can go at any moment. I have to stop and smell the flowers pretty much. <laughs> so, word. Um, you know, this episode, I like the fact that, you know, he went down to NXT, spoke to the to the younger men and women that are coming up. And, you know, it was he was giving words of advice. And he was also he's also testing himself to see if he still if he had that last if he had that last match, if he had that last match in him, if he had that last run in him. I, thought, I think that was very poetic, the fact that he would go down to NXT, talk to them. And, you know, where they're starting is kind of where not even not even kind of where he where they're starting. That's where he's ending. Like this is this is literally his last ride. And he goes back down there, gives them some game. I thought that was really dope. I really, I really yeah. appreciated that. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate um, I, any time a big legend, you know, comes back and gives knowledge because that's really what we need. We need the people that were the movers and shakers and the you know risk takers to rub off on this new generation because God honest truth, if Vince wasn't in a position where the stars were just as vocal as he is backstage, we probably wouldn't even have half the stars and legends that we have nowadays. You know, yeah. if everybody was complacent, like this generation, as far as WWE goes, if everybody was pretty much complacent, we would have never had that attitude. We wouldn't have this, you know, roster of legends. That's a fact. That's a fact. What I, what I also appreciated about this episode is that we were there at MSG uh, for Taker's last go. I mean, he didn't have a match, but he popped up and he, he even spoke about it. He he said, you know, I don't know how many times I'm going to come home. Yeah, I appreciate walking through these through these halls. And you have well, to actually really stop and think, like, how much of that in that moment you we did we were there live. We didn't even realize this might be the last time we see Taker at MSG. This might yeah. be the last time we see Taker. He's literally pr- giving us his swan song. He's saying his goodbyes to us. We, in that moment, did you realize that? Uh, you know, I knew it was close to the end. I did not. I didn't. I didn't know that that would be the last time we would see Undertaker in MSG. I mean, I don't think we could have known. We we had no way of knowing that. I mean, I mean, we went say- to the Raw and the SmackDown. We had Stone Cold the night before, and then Taker. So, you know, that was kind of like the bucket list. We get to see Austin and, and Taker again. But, yeah, but I, I, I personally didn't think that'd be the last time I see Taker in the ring. As far as yeah, an in-ring I, performer. Yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that, was pretty much, that was pretty much it for him. Uh, we found out that Muhammad Ali and Elvis Presley was like two of his biggest idols. And back in the MSG, the hall that he was talking about, there's a picture uh, Muhammad Ali tagging somebody with the left, Elvis Presley fighting, and then there's uh, Elvis Presley fighting, Elvis Presley performing, and then there's a picture of him giving Brock Lesnar a huge leg drop. And that wasn't at MSG. Maybe it was, I don't know. But it, it was dope to see his to see his picture there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know. No, I'm that happened sure in the garden. All, all the pictures of memorabilia is from the garden. They have Hulk Hogan's boots and trunks and full gear. They have Piper we stuff. that too. Yeah. yeah, we seen that too. We got a bunch of pictures of that because we were walking around the garden after that and they got all those pictures, all those classic moments that, that's happened. Another thing that I really liked about this episode is he spoke about his dad and he talked about how one time he brought his dad backstage and, you know, his dad is uh, asking him questions and stuff like that and he sees his big 300-pound, seven-foot, damn near seven-foot son and he's putting on a... I make You got to think about old-school Texan... He had to really stop and, you know, readjust to see his, his son doing something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. But even though his son is a badass, he twists anybody <laughs> into a pretzel, but he's putting his, on a... You know, his, his father played a good role, you know, a big role in his life, obviously being his parent. But at first, he wasn't happy with the wrestling stuff because Taker actually was in high school basketball. He was going to get a full ride through college. Yep. to do basketball, to play basketball and having the full ride and everything, he told his father, dad, I want to be a wrestler. 
and and yeah. they couldn't see the vision at the time, but thirty two years later, look. Yeah, thirty two years later, son is maybe the great. I mean, arguably, very, very easily, arguably. No, I will say it. He is the greatest performer, wrestler, character of all time. I think it's a great. I think Undertaker is the greatest character of all time. I think if you wanted to argue that he is the greatest wrestler of all time, I definitely think that you can. You no, you 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 can argue other people for greatest wrestler, but character. Undertaker has to be the greatest character of all time, hands down. Never breaking kayfabe. People used to try day in, day out to see if they could get this man to laugh, and you couldn't do it because he wouldn't. He refused to break kayfabe. This man turned down things and opportunities that when they came knocking on other wrestlers' doors, when Hollywood came knocking on The Rock's door, when Hollywood came knocking on Austin here and there, and other people. And all that entertainment. He said no. And it wasn't because money uh wasn't enough. Undertaker was was granted a lot of money and a lot of opportunities to make more money. And the love of the business, the respect for K Fabe made him refuse those roles because he felt that it would hurt the mystique, it would hurt the mystery of the Undertaker character. No one in the history of wrestling has cared so much about their gimmick that they've turned opportunity down. Nice. On that nice. level, movies, major pictures, let's be honest, he would have been a big factor if he would have leaned into Hollywood, especially in the days of him coming up. We had the action superstar was the big thing in the 90s. You know, he would have been a big he would have been a big hit. He could have done a lot of horror you know, sci-fi-esque films, he definitely would have would have hit it big. But the character of Undertaker and protecting kayfabe and protecting the business meant more to him than any other opportunity. So you have to acknowledge that he's the best character wrestler in the history of professional wrestling. Because I think even right. Ric Flair has shown his real side a few times. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, he showed this real side more than more more than a few times. I mean, for me personally, as a fan, I've been a fan. I'm I just turned thirty two, and I can wholeheartedly say that I have been a wrestling fan for about twenty five years. My first memory of wrestling ever was the Undertaker walking down, and the second I seen him, the second I seen him, I never ever looked back on wrestling because that is how much he just like, like for, for like, me it captured for me it was it was you know my mom introduced me to wrestling back in the day she used to watch it and you know I had the little action figures the blue ring with Hogan Macho Ultimate Warrior I used to dabble in it but what drew me was the variety of that or whoever what brought me back and here to stay for 20 something years now was the and nonstop my I've never quit wrestling not even for a month I've never stopped watching wrestling that was because we had the rock we had the electricity we had the character of him we had the badass Stone Cold Steve Austin we had the rebels in the Generation X but what stood out to me was also the mystique and the creep factor of Undertaker and Kane. Though that was the whole package, the attitude error would not exist without Undertaker, and vice versa. I don't like Undertaker's mark on this industry is like second to none. He's one of the few people that have trans, he's transcended wrestling. Even wrestling fans know who the Undertaker is. That's why when he announced his retirement, Sports Illustrated and Comic Book the World <laughs> to Undertaker. He gave him his flowers as he as he said that this might be his last time. But, 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 but before we ride off officially into the sunset, we still have a couple of more things to cover. So what I also found interesting is after after Undertaker, I don't want to say broke kayfabe, but I feel like we got to a point where we wanted to see the other side of the Undertaker so bad that it was okay for him to come out and just talk as Mark. Yeah, this is the, um, the first... well, he joined the Stone Cold podcast. I know that's the direction you're going to. Yeah. Um, 
and this is pretty much the catalyst for the rest of the episode and the catalyst for the rest of Undertaker's career. At Like we said in the beginning of this show, we haven't had Mark Calloway in 30 years. We've had nothing but Undertaker. The reason we emphasize so heavily about his character is because of the refusal to break it. So him going on Austin podcast on the on the network show they they have for an hour straight Big shooting deal. Mark Calloway, Stone Cold Steve Austin, shooting the shit, being as real as possible. I, my first instant thought was, "Oh my god, is that is that Undertaker's real voice?" Yeah, doesn't even it's sound like Taker. It's a bit more laid back than you think. He's it's a bit more. Uh, you he know, seems cool he's, as he's shit. Country boy. He seems cool he's as shit. Boy. He seems like yeah. a, he seems like a dude that is probably a, a real good time. But if you mess with him, he'll 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 beat that ass. Like, <laughs> but yeah. in the same time, he seems like <laughs> one of the coolest guys you can be around. Yeah, I, I I agree. What I really liked about this too is Stone Cold. And the Undertaker both called AJ Styles the best wrestler like alive today. Like both of them, I mean, you got Stone Cold and Undertaker calling you the best wrestler alive. That's a, that's a. I mean, if you think big. about it, he is. Who has the He's work rate? Who has the work rate that's comparable to Shawn Michaels in 2020? Yeah, he's a modern day. He he's he would be. I, I don't. I'm a, I don't. I don't I can't say I don't. I'm not gonna say our HBK because the HBK was. My I grew HBK. up on HBK, right? <laughs> yeah, grew up on HBK. I seen it. I seen it. I, I mean, for this generation, he's what I think you can, you can argue. We can argue that he can be. You can definitely argue that AJ Styles is the best wrestler alive right now. I mean, he's. You heard what I said? Everybody. And I heard you said about AJ Styles is who Dolph Ziggler wish he could be. Dolph Ziggler is a man with. Unlimited talent, unlimited potential. But AJ Styles has everything that HBK had, the limited potential, the limited talent, but still had that it factor that he can do it with his own personality and he could do it with his own style. That's where yeah, Ziggler just, needs to, you know, kind of get. Yeah. Ziggler um, never left and he never had his own personality. So he's all he's right. Me, so he disqualified himself. AJ, at this point, not only that, AJ's. AJ's come up through the system. I only mentioned Ziggler not in a disrespectful way because I mentioned Ziggler because he's another person who has that ability, that work rate, that that ability in the ring to make people look great and he looks great at the same time. But he he never got that, you know, it factor to go over. He had it at one point, failed because yeah, of concussions. Yeah, because of concussions, but... AJ has had it, and he's since since he's had it and figured it out, he's never let it go. You put AJ in any position in in that wrestling ring, it on that mic, you put him on any show, he's gonna shine through. He's gonna be one of the highlights, if not the highlight of the show. So it's a no brainer. There's reasons why you compare this man to HBK. Nah, you know, nice. and so, we compare nice. Dolph Ziggler to HBK, but he never had that. He never had that moment where it was like, it's you. No. They got taken away too soon. Yeah. That, that, that title run was supposed to be it, but unfortunately he got concussed. So speaking of Mr. Style, like I said, man, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Undertaker, both call this guy the best, the, the best wrestler on the world. I mean, he's cutting promo so good that Michelle – like genuine, I mean, not genuinely, but like she was watching and got pissed off at him because he was digging deep, man. Stay oh yeah, but digging deep. To to give context <laughs> to why he was even throwing shots, why AJ Styles outside of getting the praise, AJ actually has a mutual friend in Texas that knows Undertaker and Michelle McCool, so they actually used to hang out and their families know each other through this mutual friend. So when Undertaker went on this podcast with Stone Cold. AJ Styles was watching, and he got the impression that he, Taker's looking for that one last match, and he can actually still go for one. So who better than him? So he actually called Taker up and fed him the idea of Mania. And, and this is one thing I respect about AJ Styles. You can tell he fights for his character, 
for his legacy and to make things happen. He's not complacent. He went and instead of going straight to Vince, he said, listen, I'm not going to go to Vince. If I'm, I'm going straight to Taker. If Taker is not with it, it's not going to work. If he's with it, Vince is going to have to hear it. So yeah. he went to Taker, the Taker route. Taker was, you know, unsure. You know, he was he was really happy with the Roman Reigns tag team match. He, he said he can ride out, you know, into the sunset after that match. And, and finally, after all these years struggling through this documentary of can I quit? What's my life going to be like? You know, the struggle to let go. He was finally in a place where I'm I'm done. I'm good. You know, but a the guy stars, like AJ Styles comes calling. calling. Yeah, and this is a guy that he always wanted to work out. This is a guy that he always wanted to work with. You know, they alluded to this early in the documentary, yeah. you know what I'm saying, like of, of take a watching of take a watching styles backstage. Like, yeah, I wish I could have I could have worked with him. Yeah. And honestly, AJ Styles is at that point of his career. You know, AJ Styles is not a spring chicken anymore. He's at that point of his career where the matches that he needs to have, like, I would not mind seeing less of AJ Styles as, as phenomenal as he is. I feel like he's at that point where AJ Styles matches are special now, you know? Yeah, like, but they're, also they're, they're AJ's, AJ's work style is great that it fits him in the ring that, yeah, some of the things he does looks flashy, but it's still safe. And he's not, you know, putting it all out there in every single match, you know? The pay-per-views, you always see a, a turn up in AJ Styles. That's when he gives you his all. AJ's yeah. in a position where I think he's in the prime of his career. And if he is winding down, I still see maybe three to four years still left. Um, oh, yeah. When when this, when this contract is up, he said, that, like, this, this is it. When his contract is up, I think he got, like, two more years left. Like, yeah. he, he, said, he said that he's done. I just, at this point, I would – for me, you know me, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Less is more. And that's yeah. what I feel like from AJ Styles. Like, le- the little bit less of AJ Styles is more because he's at that point where he's just having classic after classic. No, nah, I agree. Classic and he's classic. hit his stride. And, you know, now he's in the Intercontinental title uh, picture. He's the champ now uh, in current WWE. So, th- we we can yeah. expect a lot more from AJ Styles. And, you know, I'm saying – but there's still such a bucket list in WWE now that I want AJ Styles to hit and maybe even AEW down the line. But that's another conversation for another day. The yeah. AJ Styles calling taker, you know, kind of put the idea in his head, started changing his feeling a little bit, but he still wasn't sure. Um, He was going to his, like, you know, the NXT workouts and, you know, talking to the, you know, the trainees there and, you know, working out here and there still. The funniest part of the story with AJ Styles calling him and getting the match actually started was when he finally felt like, okay, I can, I'm working it out. I feel great. I'm going to do it. He had a couple of weeks thinking it over to make sure his, his mindset didn't change. And finally, he calls Vince. I want to do the match with AJ Styles. So now him and Vince are like, we're going to rib AJ. Vince calls AJ oh, yeah, Styles, yeah. and he's like, oh, listen, man. Um, Taker's going to do the match at Mania, but it's going to be against some local Texas, Texas kid he wants to put over. Yeah. Yeah, he's going <laughs> over yeah, yeah, yeah. And AJ Styles is like, what? No. That's bullshit. No, nah. nah, man. <laughs> That's about the bullshit, man. Nah, man. That's man. bullshit. <laughs> They're trying to rip. So then he calls, he calls Taker. He tells him, that's bullshit, man. What's going on? And then Taker pretty much tells him, like, I'll see you at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good stuff. I mean, listen, you know, blessing and the curse. Listen, I think, honestly, this documentary would have painstakingly continued if there would have been a crowd there. I think they only went for the WCU because there was no crowd there. And that was the perfect, the perfect thing yeah. this so match needed. Their storyline didn't even go too could, long. It, it was pretty, you know, quick. They did the Super Showdown. We had the, the tournament for, um, I forgot exactly what it was. It was the, 
some uh, gauntlet. It was the it was the it was the, the Kuwait, Kuwait trophy. trophy, correct? It was the Kuwait trophy. And AJ Styles has well, going through the gauntlet. That. Last person he injures, so he he can't even compete. Taker takes the spot because AJ Styles was running the angle of I'm better than any person in any era. Taker shows up. When we yeah. saw it originally, we were like, "Oh my god, that was a horrible choke slam!" I can't believe that was it. In hindsight, it's like that's really all you needed. Choke slam. Let's get this right restarted. We'll have our match at Mania. I mean, yeah, he said it. I mean, he, even when he was backstage, he said it doesn't take a rocket science to to figure out what's going to happen next. As he pulled up a piece of garbage and hit it and said, "Kobe," you know what I'm saying, like. That that yeah, to me that part stood out so hard to me when he and he said Kobe yeah I mean Kobe I just I he he was saying that and you know this past year he was you know inspired behind the Goldberg match and started seeing things differently. Um, He lost his father within that year. Then right when this match starts getting uh, ramped up, Undertaker ends up losing his brother. In a car crash, and yeah. this is while and don't, while and don't, filming the boneyard match with AJ Styles. And don't forget that Michelle McCool's nephew gets into a car and dies as well during this within the same week. Like, so this is first of all. Let me, let me give my hats off to Undertaker Michelle McCool because Michelle McCool, you're his rock. Hold on, hold on. We gotta hold on. We gotta hold on. We gotta stop for one second. We have to give all the flowers to Michelle McCool, who is the true MVP oh, yeah. of this, playing the role that a woman should always just be in the backbone, being the strength, being the voice, holding her man I, up as equal. she should. Shout out to Michelle McCool. Yep. Shout out to <laughs> Michelle McCool. This shit might have not happened now, if it wasn't for I her. Mean, a lot of people gave her grief on give her grief online. The incident wrestling community is fucking ridiculous at all times. Then you know they gave a lot of slack, a, a grief that you know she left early in her career. She's just Taker's girlfriend now. No, we wouldn't have had Taker period in the last couple of years if it wasn't for Michelle McCool being his nice. rock. So hats off to her. Hats off to Taker for dealing with deaths in the family and still recording. The Boneyard match. And let's, and let's take into account, this is when all the COVID lockdown stuff is just starting to happen. You got yep, COVID, so his brother died, his father Taker's died. Taker's last uncle, match you know, didn't even happen against, uh, you know, in an arena filled with 70, 80,000 people. It happened in the Boneyard match, a cinematic take, and uh, Richie, there is no UCU, yeah. and that is officially dead with the retirement of the Taker. Maybe. So, <laughs> I mean... You know, listen, <laughs> listen, listen, listen. That year, that window is still a that that window is open for one more year. We'll I will officially close that window at WrestleMania, um, yeah, thirty six. So WrestleMania thirty six. I I'll mean, the, the way close that window. The w- <laughs> let's let's talk about the Boneyard match a little bit. What did you think about the Boneyard match? Oh, this is oh, th- this was honestly. This is a blessing in disguise. I mean, I'm pretty sure those guys could have had a good, you know, five to seven minute match, you know, 12 minutes, including the entrances. But listen, this cinematic universe, the way it went down, the fighting. What I really liked about this is the Undertaker before this, he cut a promo and he said, I'm bringing the unholy trinity. And the unholy trinity. When he originally cut that Undertaker promo, character, I didn't really take that part and really knew give it any substantial meaning. But when he broke it down in the documentary, it was like, oh, you know, that makes a lot more sense. That actually brought a new element to this match, to his character, pretty much. I mean, he had to because, like you said, the AJ Styles was talking about his wife. He was talking about him as a man. Like, the man had to come out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The man had to come out. It just, like, Undertaker was... You know, dealing with Undertaker character, you kind of put yourself in a little and bit of a box. You handcuff yourself. As this was recorded over eight hours overnight. Oh, um, really? He said he felt like it was a forty-five minute match, even though it was stretched out. It was hard hitting. It there was a lot of spots that they took damage. Undertaker smashing 
the window. They had to stop. It really cut him. Um, that was a shoot. yeah. That was a shoot. Shit, I thought it was work. Yeah, was I thought it, I thought it was a part of the well, part was... of the match as well. Um, you know, yeah, no, great sure. match back and forth. Good story. The banter was hilarious. I would tell anyone go back and watch this. This is Undertaker's final match. And it was well worth it. You know, it was a cinematic. It was different. Oh, yeah. But I think it, it pulled the best out of Taker. They blended the, the badass with, you know, the demon, the dark, uh, the undead character. And gave I mean, that's what the, Calloway, that's what the, the unholy, unholy trinity, trinity is. Exactly. The unholy, the unholy trinity is Undertaker and American Badass and Mark Calloway all put into one. And it worked. It came off great. Taker, he rode in. Everything just the way he rolled up in there, the way they just started off, the banter, like you said, Druids, the OC coming yeah. in, the way, you there was know, fire, you there was, you know, again, I got to mention, hats off to Taker, even continuing to do this, you just lost your, your, your brother and you're in a boneyard match where you're surrounded by graves and you're putting people in caskets and, yeah. Falling in graves and burying people. And the imagery alone would have probably had any normal man break down. So hats off to him, and, and they pulled it off. The match ends with him winning, him riding off into the sunset. That's the last we see in character, uh, in ring personality, uh, Undertaker ride off in the sunset on his bike. It was fitting. The rest of the documentary pretty much goes yeah. into his acceptance. His announcement that he's officially retired. So, you know, this is the this is the end uh, as far as his in ring career goes. But like you said, you're gonna wait to WrestleMania 37 to see if if this uh, rides out. And I agree with you because just like the Last Dance, and this is why I feel like it it didn't get inspired by Last Dance. The last ride also left it open for the possibility for there to be a match down the line, just like Jordan left it open for a comeback or maybe a one-off situation. So, I mean, I feel like, honestly, they did it to themselves because, I mean, think about it. Like, like, listen, I always say this. As far as in-ring, I never, ever need to see Undertaker wrestle in a 20-by-20 WWE wrestling match again. But when you were talking about the WCU, you have ex- you have artificially extended your career in at least another five years because there's so many things you can do yep. with the with the cinematic universe. But at the same time, if this was the last time we seen Taker ride off into the sunset, the unholy trinity against AJ Styles, a modern day HBK, I have no issues with that all oh, i think it was a perfect send-off i loved everything about the boneyard match wwe needs to do more right. stuff like the boneyard right. match it was amazing it, it made it made that that the 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 well, the, 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 the the firefly funhouse the firefly funhouse match and the boneyard match if, if covid 19 did anything it created the avenue for people to actually be creative so i think the cinematic versions of matches the, that style is going to continue. I think WWE finally embraced it. Uh, they were forced to embrace that style because of COVID-19. Flowers to Matt. Yeah, I, you know, Flowers they should have listened to Matt when Matt was still there. WWE probably would have been in a better place. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that's a conversation for another day. Um, you know, we could do this all day. So, all day. any last but, uh, thoughts as far as Undertaker goes, the legacy... The documentary. Before before we head out, if this is Undertaker's last ride, if this is truly the last ride, this is the last that we see Undertaker, as we said so much. Undertaker, arguably the greatest wrestler of all time, the greatest character of all time. Uh, my mom was a huge fan of Undertaker. That was her favorite wrestler. That is a wrestler that got me into this crazy madness world that we yep. call professional wrestling. I completely satisfied as a fan. I want to thank The Undertaker. I love The Undertaker. If this was truly his last ride, I think this was the best way for him to go out. And um, as, as, as Steve Austin would say, that's the bottom line. Of that uh, yeah. As far as I go, um, 
Undertaker always gave me that fantasy element to wrestling. It always kept me thinking of new storylines, you know, playing the games and, you know, being innovative in my own creating stories for, you know, the games back then. Undertaker was a big influence on, on yeah. my upbringing, on, you know, the kind of things I like as far as uh, any other medium, like comics or movies and stuff. He definitely attributed to that style. Um, as far as in-ring performer, I've never seen a big man on his level do it like him. They'll never, ever be anybody able to fill the shoes of the Undertaker. He's going to leave behind one of the greatest legacies in history of, yeah. of sports, of entertainment, sports entertainment, and wrestling history, period. Um, I also want to thank Undertaker from the bottom of my heart. I would, I probably wouldn't even be a wrestling fan to this day if he didn't have a major role in that. This podcast would not be possible without people like The Undertaker. So, gloves yeah. off, coat down, hat, eyes rolled back in my head, placed on the mat. This is the end. This is the last ride for Undertaker. This has been Bav discussing the last ride. So... And, be and before we close it out, I just got one little last thing. I was actually there. I think it's very ironic that this is who I started my wrestling career with. We got to see Undertaker at his last appearance at MSG. And I was actually at WrestleMania 33 when he took when he took off his coat and put his gloves on the floor, like his symbolic retirement. So I just feel like I feel like it's just I feel like I've been with him through the entire yeah, ride. That was his WrestleMania his retirement pretty much. We just didn't yeah. know it. That was yeah, that was the WrestleMania return. Yeah, we just didn't know it. And you know, that man Undertaker, man, what's the GOAT, man? Literally, literally the GOAT. But like you said, man, we can do this all day. AJ, tell the people they can find at you. At Kfape underscore AJ on Instagram. You can find me at Kfape Avenue on Instagram. We have a Facebook page. Uh, come and join us. Drop a picture. Start a little debate. Uh, find us on YouTube. Like, share, and subscribe. Kayfabe Avenue. Of course, we're here on a podcast on all major platforms. You can find Kayfabe Avenue. You can also find me at Mr. Richie Moon. Same thing. All YouTube, podcast, all that Search good stuff. KayfabeAvWrestling.com for all our old and Facts. current podcasts. Factories, Kayfabe Ave Wrestling. And also give a, a, a little gentlemen. like and subscribe to uh, the Chaotic Dreams podcast as well. well I'm saying we got the wealth going around, people. Spread it, spread it, spread it. Whew. Man, this has been a. This has yeah, been a journey, I mean, man. This has I been think a at this point, so, we're going to send it off to Kenny. But I think the last thing we should leave it yeah, with man. is thank you, Undertaker. Thank, thank you, Taker. Thank you, Taker. Ladies and gentlemen, facts. I have been Mr. Richie Moon. Bye. <laughs> and good night. Bad.